This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Getting you set for the weekend, just one game will be heard on USF Bulls Unlimited, but a lot of teams are going to be performing this weekend, track and field, tennis, sports we don't do play-by-play for, maybe one day, but until then, it's just basketball during the winter sports schedule. The whole just one game on the weekend thing, this will be it for a while, because next weekend is softball and, of course, basketball in action, and it's really going to pick up with baseball the following week, so we're looking forward to even more live play-by-play events on USF Bulls Unlimited. We'll also enlist the help of the Strike 102.5 HD2, because believe me, once baseball and softball get going, you're going to have two games going on at once, and we have plenty of ways to get it on the air for you. So that lone game is Saturday afternoon in Dallas. We'll preview the women's basketball team going up against the SMU Mustangs. A couple of streaks that will be colliding. The Bulls 11-game winning streak. The Mustangs perfect 10-0 and at home this year will be on the air at 245. And speaking of softball and baseball interviews galore in our second segment, from the softball team, someone who's a very popular member of the team and a leader, but unfortunately is not going to be able to play, at least for now, due to an injury. But we want to catch up with Alana Rivera, get an update on her injury, and someone who didn't play last year due to injury but is ready to go, and that is a local by the name of Tylee Vaughn. You'll hear from them, and trust me, you're going to love, there were a couple of interviews. It was great talking to all the members of the baseball team and all the familiar names, but there were a couple that stood out to me, and you're going to hear one of them today and you'll understand why when you hear Nolan Hootie, a pitcher for the Bulls. So a couple of softball and a baseball interview coming up in our second block. And in this segment, you're going to hear from Christina Moros, the tennis coach. The Bulls are in action today against Florida A&M. Have your ears out for a new Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. We recorded it on Thursday afternoon for a Friday debut, and it'll air several times during the course of the weekend. So if you miss it, it's a 20-minute chat. Sometimes Michael has guests. This time it was just he and I basically going over three big events that have taken place. We've talked about them this week, one being the NIL Symposium that I was able to witness on Monday night, and then the two big things that happened on Wednesday, the Stampede for Women, which also leads into a pretty good conversation about our women's programs and some of the outstanding student-athletes. We speak plenty on the women's basketball team which we'll be previewing their game here in a second. But also, you're going to love what Michael has to say as far as his perspective on the Arthur Jones tribute that the school put on Wednesday night as part of the basketball game. He gets into, really, why it was so important when the idea for it came about and rounding people up and how it just went off even better than they could have hoped for it. So one thing, as we talked about it a lot on yesterday's show, that I failed to mention, Jim Lighthall actually texted me. You know, Jim Lighthall could have tweeted this, but he's not on Twitter, so he wanted to make sure that I knew, and whiff on my part, but Jameer Chaplin, we had the highlights of what he did in that game, uh, tied a career high with 17 points, and I'm guessing his fantastic performance, which didn't come out of nowhere, but was above what he'd been doing lately, it was a special performance, yeah, Jameer Chaplin wears number 24, the same number as Arthur Jones. The men's basketball team is off this weekend, which is a little unusual, It'll be playing against Memphis on Wednesday night, and that's one of the things we address on Bull Speed Ahead, how big of a game that's going to be for the men's basketball team and how it'll be for Denko Dobros's night. So follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. We're at Bulls Unlimited. I am at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P, for the full programming schedule. Remember, you can always take a peek ahead 
if you go to GoUSFBulls.com, hit that Fans tab at the top of the page where it says Bulls Unlimited, you can get the weekly schedule. Sometimes, whoever does it doesn't update it quite every day. I'm not sure who that would be, but uh, most of the time we let you know. I can tell you that on Friday afternoon and into Saturday morning, leading up to the women's basketball broadcast, we will be replaying the 11-game winning streak, starting with Arkansas. A little afternoon, we'll do bull speed ahead at noon, and then we'll do them in order. Don't worry, the games that air at 2 and 3 and 4 a.m. will repeat in a reasonable hour leading up to the live broadcast on Saturday. Let's get right into previewing that game. And stop me when you've heard this before. The Bulls are playing a team that is trying to catch up to them in the... I didn't really mean stop me. The Bulls are playing a team that is trying to catch up to them in the standings and has eyes on maybe making a run at the Bulls. That would be SMU. Bulls have done a pretty good job holding off challengers now. UCF was not a challenger, but the last three games the Bulls have played were, first of all, a couple of Wednesdays back at Tulsa. Remember then, the Golden Hurricane just had one conference loss, and so they really had control, technically, of their conference championship hopes, and the Bulls beat them by 21 points. Then it was off to Memphis last Saturday. Tigers came in with three conference losses. A win would have put them in second place. Didn't happen. Same exact thing for East Carolina, which entered Tuesday in a four-way tie for second in the conference at 5-3, and and with two games left against the Bulls. And the Bulls, of course, beat them by 24. Do not expect a 24-point victory because SMU has not even lost at home yet. The Mustangs are in third place, a half game behind Tulsa. There were two games played on Wednesday night. We'll end the hour with Around the American. Remember, SMU was supposed to play at UCF, That one never got off the ground in quite actual terms because the Mustangs' plane did not depart Dallas due to the snow. We will be able to make the trip, at least that's the plan, on Friday as the snow has cleared out or melted away. It's funny, Michael Kelly, off the air, I talked to him because he worked in Dallas plenty, and I said, is that unusual? And he said, no, it happens once a year, and their plan to uh, clear up the snow is to let it melt. So I think we're in the let it melt stage when we get to SMU. The Mustangs have been melting their opponents. They are 10-0 and at home, and even though they were expecting to play on Wednesday night and haven't played since last weekend, they're probably still riding the high of their last game. They went to Tulsa, which now that I think about it, was also undefeated at home until the Bulls played them well. Tulsa jumped ahead. This was off losing to the Bulls. Tulsa jumped ahead of SMU 16-2, and SMU came back to win the game 61-54, and they did it turning over the Golden Hurricane They also did it scoring inside, and that's the thing that highlights what SMU tries to do. Points in the paint has favored SMU in all but two of its games this year. SMU is 14-6 overall. They lost a couple ones early at Oklahoma, at Baylor, obviously testing themselves. Oklahoma got them in points in the paint. By the way, they only lost to Baylor by three before going on a seven-game winning streak against lesser opponents. They did beat North Texas and Cal in there. They went to Texas A&M, lost by eight, respectable. But they were 9-3 and three coming into conference play, and if you've been listening to this show and around the American, you knew that I kind of predicted what would happen. They were 9-3, and three, the Mustangs, but Houston was 3-10, and 10, having played a much tougher schedule, and Houston blitzed SMU 60-44. to 44. Then SMU beat a UCF team, which, as we know, is struggling this year, only has one conference win. So in SMU's third conference game, went to Memphis and got rolled 80-51. to So you figured SMU would just 
dropped down the standing steadily. They beat Cincinnati, which again is winless in the conference. So they were sitting on two and two with their wins against teams that have one win total in the American. Then they were beating East Carolina by 16, only to give up the lead, but then bounce back and win it in overtime. They followed that up with a loss to Wichita, so they kind of were about where you thought they would be, three and three in the conference with honestly nothing special. But then their last two games have been special. The rematch against Houston, SMU won. That was enormous, 53-50. to If you didn't follow along, Houston would turn around after that and beat Tulane, 82-38. to So that's a big win for SMU. And then we just told you the last time out, they came back from down 16-2 to win. So they're feeling pretty good. I said they like to go at it in the paint. Their number two and three scores lead that charge. Savannah Wilkinson, who will know, the Bulls own Sammy Puesis because they played at FSU together. She joined SMU and the new head coach Toya Wilson last year and was a big-time leader, averages more than 10 points and 8 rebounds per game. They've also added Shante Embry. She's another inside threat, six foot two. So those are the two players they like to attack you with. It's going to be a challenge for the Bulls. Embry played at Texas Tech last year as a freshman, only scored in double figures one time. She's averaging a double figures for SMU, 12.5 points, nearly seven boards per game. Their leading scorer is a guard, Jasmine Smith, a graduate student, who they, again, with the new head coach last year, got from Rice. They actually added two guards from Rice, and they perform well. Smith has continued that this year, 13.5 points a game, and is their top three-point shooter. But that being said, she's only made 23 threes. No one else has made more than 20. Out-rebound their opponents by 6.5 per game. I mentioned their loss at Memphis. They got out-rebounded by 14 in that game. So I'm going to guess that the glass is where the game gets decided on Saturday. With their fantastic performance, 23 points, 7 made threes. Sammy Puises closed the gap on her teammates as far as leading score honors for the Bulls. It's neat to see how they're exactly a point apart now. Elena Chinecki averaging 17.1. Sammy Puises averaging 16.1, and Dulce Fank and right in the middle at 16.6 points per game. We'll be on the air at 2.45 on Saturday from Dallas. We said that's the only play-by-play event on the channel this weekend. Everything else is track and field and tennis. There's a great preview on GoUSFBulls.com telling you exactly what time the Bulls student-athletes will be going at it in Boston. There's actually two separate events, and yes, this is the indoor season, so you can have track and field events in early February in Boston. The first one is hosted by Harvard on Friday and then BU on Saturday. Men's tennis, which has already played eight matches, splitting them four and four, started off with three losses, then three wins, and then split two matches in Gainesville last weekend. And no surprise, two more challenging matches on the docket. They're in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where they will play the host Middle Tennessee State today and then stay to play Memphis Saturday. Interesting that Middle Tennessee is playing two other teams, and one of them is not Memphis. So a lot of squads coming to the Adams Tennis Complex. Middle Tennessee State is 3-2, and two, but ranked in the top 25, as it has wins against Michigan State, Indiana, and top 20 Duke, then challenged 10th-ranked Wake Forest in that ITA kickoff event last week, lost to Wake 4-2, to so that's going to be a tough one for the Bulls. Then they'll play, again, obviously a conference team, Memphis, which itself was in the ITA event, lost a close one to Duke, then went out to L.A. last weekend, fell to UCLA, but then turned around and got a win against Vanderbilt. So, again, like we said last weekend in Gainesville, I would take a split. 2-0 would be a phenomenal outing for the Bulls. While the men have played eight matches, just one for the women. It was two weekends ago 
A 6-1 loss to the Florida Gators. Grace Schumacher, now in her third year with the Bulls, a.k.a. Aussie, played the number one spot. Laura Pettisse, playing her fifth year, was in the two spot ahead of Sierra Berry, who had plenty of time at the number one spot in her phenomenal freshman season. So those were the holdovers, and then you've got some newcomers. We talk about a lot of that with Christina Moros, whose team has match number two today against Florida A&M. Great to see Coach Moros, and I know you guys have already got one match, but it's been a couple of weeks. The schedule's a little spaced out at the beginning. Thinking back, because I know I was doing the women's basketball game, as I recall, wasn't the best weather conditions for tennis the guys were playing, was it was it a little unusual for the opener? I mean, it was. I mean, it, we've never had a triple header at tennis before, so that was a little uh, interesting. You know, the guys played before us, and then we kind of played in the middle of their two matches. Um, it was a bit windy out there, but, um, you know, we still liked our chances against the Gators, and, um, you know, Sierra Berry did an amazing job of – she beat a girl that was ranked 63 in the, the last fall ranking, so um, she drilled her pretty good, which was great. So it was nice to see – the freshman of the year come out and uh, you know do her thing. So um, good good start for sure. That is the first thing I noticed because of course I was paying attention was that Sierra was three in the order, which means obviously there's been some good competition. Tell people what goes into deciding that first starting lineup, and I'm guessing competition is part of it. Absolutely. I mean we we look at the fall results first uh, more than anything and how people are performing consistently in our fall tournaments, and then we actually did something a little different that we haven't done in a while. We did some challenge matches this year as well so um you know that's kind of like where where everyone kind of started and then you know we'll probably move some things around as as the season goes on the top two were Aussie of course and Laura who's been here for several years now and then a couple of new names so get people in a, it's not important the order but sort of the outlook of the team the the look of the team well we have five new players this year so we have three true freshmen and then two transfers coming in um Nadia, who's from Spain, she came in uh, from UCF. And then we have Marta Falsetto, who came, uh, she's a transfer that came in from Mississippi State. So uh, yeah, Marta played in the match uh, against the Gators um, and did well. She probably should have won that match, lost it in a third set breaker. Um, but, you know, really good debut for the Bulls for her. Now going back to Grace from last year, um, you know, when she hit campus, basically, originally her nickname was Aussie. So you've got somebody from Ireland, but I guess you can't really call her Ireland you've got to be the only roster in any sport in the country with someone named Ireland and someone who's from Ireland give the differentiation yeah you would think so we have uh Kleena Walsh who comes from Ireland um she was the top player in her age group um she had a great fall season uh did really well and actually played a really close match against a very good player uh in the Gators um so we were we were really pleased with her fight she's she's really feisty competes really well um, has an interesting game likes to mix it up and do a lot of kind of different things that you normally don't see so she makes it a little tough to play um, and then we have Ireland Simi who's from Texas Austin by any chance uh, yes actually Austin Texas and she was she was a blue chip recruit uh, a couple years ago kind of coming in and then got a little injured and now she's she's pain-free and kind of working her way back so right now we're starting her, her up with doubles and probably get her in the singles lineup sometime soon. The one that I saw you practicing with, first of all, you look like you could still go. Secondly, she seemed like she was a very intelligent, like probing type of mindset. Yeah, she's she's very smart on the on the court. Um, very really great tennis mind and the way she can set up points. I've known her since she was about six years old. I used to work with her father. Her father is a tennis coach, so um, you know she's obviously been around the game for a really long time and just knows it well for sure. Yeah, give people a little idea what to 
expect in FAMU? They're always tough, um, especially it's kind of hard to get kind of get them in the beginning as they're getting their bearings because they got a lot of talent on the team. Um, and then I feel like they could be really hot on one day and um, you know, we're just going to have to handle that. So we need to be ready for, for a really tough match and, and uh, make sure that the, the team's ready to compete. Thank you very much, Coach. See you soon. Thanks. That match originally was scheduled for noon on Friday, but with the incoming weather, they moved it up to 10 a.m. So we'll have plenty of events to recap for you on Monday's show.